kxfmradio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio, Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Hello, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio. I'm here every Saturday at 9 a.m. with Rainbow Radio, where we discuss the latest news on LGBTQ interests and discuss on this day in history. Every week I have a special guest and we have interviews. Again, Rainbow Radio, Craig, every Saturday.
Good morning. This is Craig coming live from Laguna Beach. I um, first first show of the year. How about that? I uh, sorry I wasn't here last uh, Saturday. I had all great good intentions, and on uh, the the eve of New Year of the New Year. But I'm here now, a week later. I was not feeling well, and I couldn't get into the studio to do the, the program, and I thought, you know, what better way to celebrate the new year than to stay home and recover? And, and it wasn't from what you might think. It was, it was uh, not because I misbehaved, because I'm, I'm, I do my best to behave well. <laughs> anyway, I am uh, feeling much better, thank you, and... Um, I'm, uh, I'm 2023 is is improving remarkably from what it from when when it started out. So enough about me. Let's get on to the weather to gay today to gay. That was a Freudian slip uh, in, Laguna, <laughs> in Laguna Beach. Partly cloudy skies this morning will become overcast during the afternoon. The high is 59. Winds will be light and variable, and the humidity is 69 percent. So it's pretty pretty humid. Um, the week to come, uh, let's start Sunday, is partly cloudy, then cloudy, then thunderstorms, then partly cloudy, mostly cloudy, mostly cloudy, showers, 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 partly cloudy, and that goes through, that's what we have in store, folks. And the temperatures range from a high of 60 to a high of 59, so it's going to be for the next week, it's going to be partly cloudy most every day, or mostly cloudy, mostly cloudy, and some showers intermixed. So, a little unpredictable, but kind of our standard fare, I suppose, for this time of year for weather, not to be surprised. Um, and I know that's probably all the news some of you want to hear, <laughs> and I totally understand well, we have a new Speaker of the House after 14 voting sessions last night, late at night. I, I have to admit, I had to watch. I couldn't help it. I had to watch the the free-for-all. Man, was that crazy. Uh, anyway, it uh, it was inevitable, you know, but it, it, was, it, it sure seemed crazy that it went on for so long. Um, what I am, uh, I'm entitled to my opinions, but um, this is what I'm concerned about. This is one an article that, uh, that you know, there's two houses. There's the House of Representatives, which was Speaker of the House, which was um, Kevin McCarthy, which was last night. And he uh, is now, Nancy Pelosi is, is um, no longer Speaker and is a Republican. And... Um, but the Senate, which is, there's two senators per state is, uh, is, uh, Democrat, um, controlled. So it's split and we get a, and the executive branch, of course, with Biden is Democrat. So, um, but this, I do have to express my concerns and this is an article, uh, usually it says who publishes it here. But I got it, got it off Alturi, A-L-T-U-R-I. And it says, 28 Republicans who call gay people groomers. This is, a, this, is a, a, uh, this is my commentary and my pointing out the hypocrisy uh, that is going on, I have to say. Um, 
The 28 Republicans who call gay people groomers just voted against a bill addressing child sex abuse. For the past year, we've been subjected to an endless and escalating uh, right-wing fear-mongering campaign presenting LGBTQ adults as an innate child predators or groomers. So I suppose uh, if you have um, and any children in their vicinity as victims, people are literally throwing Molotov cocktails into establishments that host drag events under the guise of protecting children. The now feuding representatives, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Laura Bobbitt, both um, Republicans, have been the most front-facing proponents of this rhetoric, even though Bobbitt's husband was jailed for exposing himself to teens in a bowling alley a few years ago. Yet on Wednesday, Green and Boebert joined 26 other House Republicans to vote against a bipartisan Respect for Children Survivors Act, which overwhelmingly passed out of the House anyway, and will address how the FBI has historically mishandled child sex abuse cases. They voted against it. I got passed, but they voted against it. The bill will create specific teams within the FBI to support child victims and investigate child abuse, trafficking, and child abuse content. Neither Green nor Bobbert, Bobert, excuse me, have publicly offered explanations for their votes, and frankly, they don't have to. The gross hypocrisy and the constantly lying that LGBTQ people pose a threat to children, all while declining to protect children from actual sexual predation, speaks for itself. So another comment, you know, I I think, and maybe we don't really um, grasp the width and breadth of it, is that um, there is... Well, it took 14 sessions to get the vote. I also think it has brought the attention of a lot more people, particularly younger people, um, but a lot of people, on the proceedings that go on in our capital and the meaning of them and what's important and um, hopefully the behavior of um, our representatives that have for so long not been so much so visible and i think maybe with that visibility that um more truth and honor will prevail that's my hope that's my optimism um i think it used to be years ago when you did something it was um by the time it got exposed it was weeks later and it didn't really matter so it never really got talked about but now when uh with the immediacy of the media and um, I guess uh, the the uh, transparency, where you can look at it both ways, upside, forward, backwards. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> the the truth and the and the honor comes about. You know, you can always listen to the propaganda side of everything if you want, but uh, when you see it in action and you see what's going on, and um, you know, there's more factual reporting, more factual uh, updates on what's going on. I think that um, transparency um, 
certainly helps. So that's my optimism for 2023. Uh, bad behavior and good beha good behavior gets recognized and poor behavior, um, you know. So they tried to uh, they tried to get our my favorite my favorite uh, secretary of transportation. They tried to impugn him for bringing his husband on a trip and and, and indicated that he frequently flies uh, private aircraft to uh, his events as um, private charter as they call it, to events uh, as Secretary of Transportation. So they did a little study. Well, of the, of the, I forget how many trips he's made so far on behalf of our uh, country or to represent uh, the Department of Transportation. But it was in the hundreds, um, probably closer to 200. And 78% uh, of them were private or, I mean, we're public transportation. In other words, the United Airlines or whatever. They were not private charters, and the and the thirteen private charters that he took were from uh, the um, our own government fleet of private aircraft. Where and only were, were they utilized when it was less expensive than commercial flights. So it was a cost-saving measure. So he's being impugned, essentially, for... And that came out in it. it he didn't bring it out, but other people brought it out on, in, on his behalf. But what he did say is that uh, in, the, in the history of travel with the Secretary of State and, and into events uh, that represent... Uh, I'm not Secretary of State, but Department of Transportation representative, there's always been a spouse... Uh, inclusion in it when it's uh, addressing uh you know um meetings of general interest and importance to the nation and uh he <laughs> should be no exception um and he pointed that out very clearly and what well, the the reason for his his trips anyway it was it was uh, the accusation failed miserably and if you want to check it out go to youtube and you can watch it so Pete is, he very calmly, rationally, um, clearly explains, uh, I feel, what, uh, what uh, the truth is and, and uh, the importance of what is important and what isn't important in his response. And he does it so, so beautifully. Um, it's almost like, the people that asked the question, and in this case that you could see, he, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry about that. I think he quickly regretted asking, asking the question. Um, and he couldn't wait for Pete to stop his, stop responding because he was ready to go on to something else. But it's, it's worth a watch. It's entertainment, at least for me, not for everyone, but for me. Um, anyway, so that's the deal, Leo. Uh, what else is going on? Um, I know Laguna Beach Pride does, uh, as, uh, looking at their 2023 event, the 1st of June, um, we are still on track with our rainbow lifeguard tower at West Street Beach, and the city is working on that as we speak. Um, 
as I said, we found a donor to pay, to uh, who want who wants to remain anonymous, but uh, more than one donor. Um, with regard to um, there's a whole bunch of classic cars driving by here on PCH in front of the studio. My my, <clears throat> must be that time of year to get them out of the garage. Um, so, uh, yeah, we hopefully, um, long before the summer gets back here, we'll have a, a rainbow ta- lifeguard tower on West street beach and I'll keep you posted on that and what's going on. Yeah. So welcome to 2023 and, uh, the, the 7th of January and the news I have some fun news here. Um, shall we just jump in and, and do the... Uh, yeah, might as well. What the heck? On this day in history, January 7th in LGBTQ history. <laughs> in 1971, in its final report to President Nixon, I found this shocking, the, the National Commission on the Reform of Federal Criminal Law urges... The abolition of all U.S. laws prohibiting homosexual acts between consenting adults. So, uh, on, in 1971, under Nixon, of all people, um, that they wanted to make sure that it was no longer illegal for homosexuals to have sexual activity between each other. Well, like... I mean, like they were going to be able to enforce that. But anyway, uh, it, it just um, amazes me that there was ever a law for it. And that the constitutionality of a law for that would be, could, seems to me, could be easily challenged. But moving on, that's all the history in January 7th. Moving on to January 8th. On this day in history, in January 8th, in 1978... Harvey Milk makes national news when he is sworn in as a member of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. 1979, acting San Francisco Mayor Diana Feinstein names Harry Britt to fill the vacant Board of Supervisors' seat left empty by the assassination of Harvey Milk. So, just a year later... In 2004, uh, New Jersey legislature passed a bill creating a domestic partnership status for same-sex couples with many of the same legal rights as marriage. But many, many is not all, and all is a lot more than many, as I have discovered the legal implications of all that. So moving along to January 9th, um, on this day in history, in 1978... Sir John Gielgud and Jean-Paul Sartre, Simone de Boulevard, 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 I butchered it anyway you go, and 26 other international celebrities take out a full-page ad in Time magazine to protest the recent series of political backlashes against gays in the United States. 1978. They could, they could run another ad today. 
against the political backlash and that we're grooming. You know, there's a someone is is running a picture around, um, <laughs> and I don't think it's photoshopped, but it shows these very attractive young ladies in their Hooters outfits, and between them is a young girl. I don't know. She's probably twelve or ten years old, in a little Hooters top. And the caption reads, now this is really grooming. (laughs) I thought, oh my. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just reading what I saw. I don't, I'm no, no comment here. Moving on. I better move on right away. January 10th on this day in history. In 1975, Chicago Board of Education approves a plan that allows the first time For the first time, the city's teachers to answer students' questions about homosexuality in Chicago. So, you know, (laughs) what's the teacher supposed to say? Um, I can't talk about that. And what's the little kid going to say? Oh, that must be a nasty thing. The teacher can't talk about it. What do you think the kid's going to think? They go home and they ask their parent, "Um, why do you want to know? And, you know, I don't know that it gets any better after that. Anyway, I don't. I think it could be talked about. In 1977, the Episcopal Church of New York orders, ordains an openly lesbian woman, Ellen Marie Barrett, as a minister, Episcopal Church. Now, I have friends. I'm an Episcopalian. I was an alkalite. I was a choir boy. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and they're pretty liberal by church's standards. In 1980, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence forms in San Francisco. (laughs) If you haven't seen them, you're in for a treat. Ooh, in 1982, Paul Lind, known to many as the Center Square for his years on the game show Hollywood Squares, dies of a heart attack in Beverly Hills. I like to remember him. He was only 55. I like to remember him on Bewitched where he was... Was he Uncle Albert? And he was oh so Trey Gay. <laughs> and he would oh my. If you haven't seen him in Bewitched, he was he was a recurring character personality. Uh and um I don't know. There's no mistake. <laughs> what and what a great uh, comedian. And if you look at his biograph- biography, he was not a raging alcoholic that died of all these horrible things. According to his um, documented uh, demise, there was no no evidence of that. So he just had a heart attack. In nineteen, uh, moving on to January eleventh uh, in nineteen seventy three, an American family. I remember that. Oh my, I'm that old. Sorry, folks. <laughs> a document documentary uh, series focusing on the Loud family of Santa Barbara, California, premieres on PBS. And so what they they did, they wanted to go into what they, you know, a a middle-class, successful American family and videotape it, kind of document document it and um, share it on PBS um, just kind of so that... You know, Leave It to Beaver had been out there and, you know, all these other television programs. And this was a reality program about an American family. 
And um, there was a lot of people watched it and they wanted to know what, you know, make some comparisons. Well, there was one son who, Lance, who decided that, well, in the midst of it, he was going to come out. And so, uh, and not only does it uh, presage the era of reality TV, son Lance Loud comes out publicly on the show, characterizing himself as homo of the year. Boy, now that took a lot of guts in 1973, I have to say. Yeah. But I remember thinking I was the only one in the village and seeing that on TV thinking, well, I'm not the only one. There's others. So um, I'm glad they did that. In 1984, the Wall Street Journal allows staff writers to now use the word gay as a synonym for homosexual in an article, in article and headlines. Boy, that's really progressive, Wall Street Journal. In 84. Mm. In 2007, the, Mer- the Mexican northern state of Kohala passes a bill legalizing same-sex civil unions under the name Pacto Civil de Solidaridad, Civil Union Pact, 2007. Well, now all of Mexico, gay marriage is allowed. They're very progressive on that. I'm just shocked on that in Mexico. I don't know. I, I guess I was prejudiced. <laughs> And moving on to the last day, did you oh, did you know that next Friday it's Friday the thirteenth? Yep, check your calendars. January twelfth on nine, in nineteen seventy seven, the Advocate reveals that the CIA has been collecting information on some three hundred thousand people who have been arrested in the U.S. for committing homosexual acts. Isn't that lovely? <clears throat> 300,000 people who've been arrested. How come I didn't know that? In 1977, the CIA, CIA has been collecting information on some 300,000 people who've been arrested for committing homosexual acts. I want to... Uh, hmm. And who reported him? And how did they investigate it? Wow. In 1981, premiering on ABC Dynasty, featuring a gay character, Stephen Carrington, cat fights and more shoulder pads than have ever been seen before on TV. <laughs> Boy, ain't that true. <laughs> In 2000, the year 2000, the United Kingdom lifts a ban on lesbian and gay men serving in the armed forces in the UK. Well, that wasn't very colonialistic. <laughs> I guess they've come a long way, baby. Uh, January 13th, on the last day of this week, of this week, which will be Friday the 13th, be careful now, in 1958, in a landmark case, One Inc. versus Olson, the United States Supreme Court rules in favor of the First Amendment rights of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender magazine one, the homosexual magazine. They ruled in favor. Okay, what was the issue? Come on, please. 
whoever wrote this one, I'm going to write him. <laughs> it's a landmark case. <laughs> Apparently Olson didn't like that uh, that the one ink, the magazine, could uh, exist or could write such things. I don't know. But anyway, the court said they could, which is a good thing. In Freedom of Speech, in 1983, a lesbian couple... Zandra Rowland and Deborah Johnson are refused service when they try to sit in a romantic dining section of a Los Angeles restaurant, Papa Choke. C-H-O-U-X. I don't know how you pronounce that. Chokes. And that is the... this On this week in history. <laughs> wow, what a week. January. And we got how many more to go? 52 or no i don't guess we got 50 because we're we've already burned through two weeks right yes and then i have an article here in a little bit queering the family farm it's about the midwestern farmers and you know there's gays in the midwest in case you didn't know <laughs> anyway i'll be right back after this short music break
I um, I, I meant to stop it after um, happy ever after. That's such a good. The words are so good on that. Uh, Julia Fordham. Um, Fordham. Uh, it's um. They used to play it years ago in San Francisco during the AIDS thing. But anyway, it's um during the, the cr- more serious crisis. So I want to talk about something interesting here. It's called Queering the Family Farm. So <clears throat> if, it, if you have never seen it a few years ago, I think it's like eight years ago, maybe five, there was a documentary uh, called Food Inc. And it talked about <clears throat> how all the farmers have uh, been kind of conglomerated into four or five big companies and the demise of the smaller farmer and the culture that went with it. And many things have changed. And um, since that time, a lot more um, uh, farm-to-market direct uh, responses, including our little market here today in Laguna Beach. And as a response to that, which is fresh food from the earth, from local suppliers to the local residents, and it doesn't go through the uh, processes of uh, the corporate boardrooms and profitability and, um, you know, steroids and all the other chemicals and stuff that uh, this documentary so clearly points out as uh, harmful. And um, if you've watched it, you know that <laughs> it, it speaks about all the... Um, all the corporate decisions that are made in boardrooms regarding uh, things that are so important to us that so many of the items in our stores are just marketed, the same items marketed differently. Like, I don't know. If there's, there is a Mexican restaurant chain. I will not mention its name. But all, all their food, uh, they probably have 30, 40 different menu items, and they're all derived from three or four food items that <clears throat> are prepared differently. <clears throat> and there's none of the food is actually cooked. It's reheated at those restaurants. And I can say that because I was doing an internship at one, thinking maybe that was a career decision, and I, I changed my mind. But um, so the same thing goes about Food, Inc. It it explains what's going on. So how does it relate to what I want to say today? Well, this article talks about um, what's happening with Farm to Market. And now they've added another spin to it. It's called Queering of the Family Farm to Market. Uh, Shannon and, uh, and Eve... Ming alone avow that their farmer's market booth is very gay. I don't doubt we probably have a farmer's market booth here that is very gay. They hang uh, strings of pride flags and sell rainbow stickers to help pay for gender-affirming care like hormone replacement therapy for Eve. Sometimes when parents with their teenagers pass the booth, the adults glance and then speed ahead. Mm. Oh, no. (laughs) Reminds me of something. Uh, the kids pause for a second look. Shannon, 34, hopes it means something for them to see the LGBTQ professional out and succeeding. Uh, some stories um, people often share. Uh, one such story is the middle-aged woman who confided that 
Her daughter is transgender. The teen a teen stood in the middle of the booth and said, this makes me feel safe. Shannon said, this means everything to me. Now in their second season, she and Eve 35 uh, grow more than 45 varieties of vegetables in their business, and it's called Ramshackle Farms. In Harvard, Illinois, lettuce and Asian greens emerge on stacks of hydroponic uh, troughs of spinach in a warm hoop house. Outside Shannon and Eve tend to uh, arugula, broccoli, peas, radishes, using intensive uh, planting and heavy rotation techniques, never pesticides, never synthetic fertilizer. Their operation is an exception to the sprawling corn and bean fields that dominate the landscape. Shannon and Eve work to feed people, not livestock or cars. Shannon wears her politics, and, and I mean, <coughs> the car references, so much corn is grown and subsidized in the United States if you watch Food, Inc. And that same corn is uh, refined to uh, make <coughs> alcohol for... Uh, car fuel anyway shannon wears her po politics on her coveralls her favorite jean jacket includes patches de that declare end monoculture and save the earth bankrupt a corporation <laughs> oh my <laughs> uh the mingalones are among multi <coughs> excuse me a multitude of lgbtq farmers who draw connections between their identities and agriculture including their adoption of sustainable practices. <clears throat> we're not just raising food, Shannon said. We're creating safe spaces for people. That's so true. <clears throat> I think we forget how safe we may be, and there's so many people feel that they're... Like in Colorado, um, all they want is a safe place to be and be themselves. And even that can be very unsafe. Like many, they used to have the specific image of a typical farmer, white, male, heterosexual, Christian, and conservative. Excluded from that vision, or perhaps myth, in a space for them. So they created one. The presence of LGBTQ people in agriculture challenges stereotypes of who can or should be interested in farming. But the community is not a monolith. Interviews with 16 Midwestern LGBTQ producers indicate some uh, restorative techniques in hopes of reducing environmental destruction and social inequity. Others run conventional operations, which industry representatives and policymakers say are the key to feeding the world's growing population. Nonetheless, the LGBTQ farmers navigate common hurdles ranging from land inaccessibility to federal lending restrictions to social isolation. They rely on creativity and the resilience to survive, much they do in other arenas in their life. Uh, the USDA does not count LGBTQ farmers. No definitive figures measure how many LGBTQ people farm in America. The U.S. Department of Agriculture asks respondents to identify their sex in a five-year sentence, in its five-year consensus not their sexual orientation or gender identity okay it's a quite an extensive article it's like 15 pages so i won't bore you with all the details but i'm glad it's going on i'm glad, I'm glad that uh it's a process 
And that's all good. Yes. Yeah. And then there's some less than less than pleasant uh, less than pleasant news. Um, here's some good news. It's also much bad news. <laughs> I always said that that we should I should only put good news forward, but you know. So um, on, on that note, I'm going to play the hustle because we want to hustle more people farmers. At the farmers market with their rainbow flags, um, I, um, you know, I did have uh, a local. Well, I call him a celebrity here, uh, Farmer Leo, and uh, he would. Um, he's well. He's a local. Um, he always has had a booth at the market here, and uh, he's been. Um, he wanted to do the radio show himself. <laughs> Which, fine, there's plenty of room here at the station. And uh, he was on my program a, a couple of years ago. So I know that we're out there. And I think it's good just to identify. But, I mean, we need to do the hustle, right?
Good morning. This is Craig and Rainbow Radio. I'm so glad to be back here in 2023 and sharing the love and the rainbow and all that's good in the world. Um, and I do. I am very optimistic about 2023. I think um, a lot of things have shaken out and uh, I think the future's bright. <clears throat> there's the, the there's there's cause for celebration. Um, there's some news that uh, is um, <clears throat> reporting on things that are not good, but also I can say the response we can do is a very positive one. Uh, if you're not familiar with an organization called HRC, Human Rights Campaign, it, they're uh, based in the U.S., but they go globally now. I think that, and they have they're very proactive in identifying. Um, organizations that do good and are very honorable and inclusive and support diversity fair so support fairness and human rights in the process they also identify they so they they will rate different businesses on their performance <clears throat> so last so let me give you here's an article 2021 was supposed to be the worst year for lgbtq rights then came 2022 so the article says Last year, the nation's largest LGBTQ uh, advocacy organization, the Human Rights Campaign, HRC, labeled 2021 the worst year for LGBTQ rights in modern U.S. history, citing a record number of anti-LGBTQ bills, bills introduced into state legislatures across the country. This year, the amount has nearly doubled. Oof. And that's fear-mongering and, yeah. It, the group reported. But as 2022 comes to a close, advocates say this surge of legislation is just the tip of the proverbial iceberg when it comes to the onslaught of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer Americans have faced. Over the past 12 years, they say they have watched in horror as homophobic and transphobic slurs have become mainstream in political discourse and as threats of violence directed at the community have become something of the norm so my spin on that is you can go to the hrc um, organization and you can identify companies and businesses that are supported and recognized for their uh, inclusive inclusion and diversity and uh you know maybe make purchases from them or direct business towards them or all things being the same, use them uh, as much as possible. Support them. Support the people that support you. So, and here is a method to find out those people who do. And it's, it's a good thing. Um, yeah. So that's my message. <laughs> that was not very... <laughs> I hadn't realized it was quite as negative when I read it before, but because uh, I put the, I understood that you could do much about it, but that, oh, well, oh, I digress. I'm sorry. Um, here is a good, a good article. And then um, <clears throat> this is on the national, this is out of Israel. Israel. Israel names its first gay speaker, but new government includes anti LGBTQ ministers. So, well, that's still progress. So there's a lovely photograph of two husbands and their children, a little girl and a little boy, and at their swearing-in. And the Israel legislature has elected Amir Ohana as the first gay 
uh, out gay speaker as a number of anti-LGBTQ politicians are made cabinet members. Ohana, a close ally of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, has nominated, was nominated as Speaker of the Knesset in the decisive vote of 63 to 5 on Thursday, addressing the legislature. Ohana said, I pledge to do my best to be worthy of the trust you've put in me. He also promised that the incoming government would not infringe on LGBTQ rights, saying... The Knesset, Knesset, under the leadership of this speaker, won't hurt them in any or other family period. So, that's progress. And then we've got two leaders in the community, one religious and one military religious, that are calling to, you know, pretty sad stuff but anyway anyway this is k i'm not going to go on about it kxfm 104.7 and i want to say if you or someone you know is suffering from depression or have suicidal thoughts please don't suffer there is help 24 7 at 800-273-8255 or simply dial the new wonderful number that i'm certain is saving lives 988 Real simple, 988. Remember that number uh, to reach a crisis hotline. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, this is our message from KXFM 104.7. Often this time of year can be very difficult. I think after the holidays and after, oh, the rush of all that stuff that goes on. I, I always say, <laughs> I'm glad I'm through it. <laughs> it's like there's New Year's and thank, there's Thanksgiving, there's New Year's and there's Christmas. And then in the middle of that, it's my birthday. And I'm just like, oh, I've survived. <laughs> and that's uh, and then my optimism for the, the new year is, is so far been very great. So I am very, very pleased. So I, uh, Ada May is here this week. I, I don't know if she was here last week because I wasn't. I was under the weather. And I don't know what to do. If I'm not here, I want to alert everyone. I don't want you to be disappointed to think something that's happened to me. But maybe I can figure that out here with the station so at least they can announce that at the top of the hour or during my hour what's going on and maybe play an older program for you so you can reminisce. <laughs> anyway... If you've tuned in this long, thank you for tuning in. And if you missed any of the program, it will be posted on rainbow-radio.com shortly. Ada May is going to be here in about one minute, and I'm saying goodbye. Have a fabulous day. Uh, and go to the farmer's market, get some healthy food, and relax and enjoy the afternoon. That's my remedy. Or that's my prescription, and the outcome will be fabulous. Thank you for tuning in, and love you. Goodbye from Rainbow Radio. Uh-huh.